Ah, hello there, it's Paul here. Welcome to a Paul Carenza podcast, which technically at the minute is in a thing called Catching Up. We've been catching up with various guests over the last few episodes. It's Christmas special time, and you know me and Christmas. I can't possibly let a Christmas go without bringing you some kind of online content via audio means. In other words, a podcast about Christmas. So what I thought this time I would do, you know, I've done my book, Hark, the Biography of Christmas. I've done a Christmas podcast, an Audible. You can search an Audible for Christmas What the Fa La La. That's what it's called. I forgot the title for a second there. Details of that in the show notes. And you can sign up for the free trial and then cancel it once you've got the podcast. You can actually do that and it won't cost you a single penny. Link will be in the show notes. But anyway, what aspect and angle should I bring you of Christmas this time? I thought I would give you a top 10 countdown. We love a countdown at Christmas, don't we? So here are the top 10 Christmas carols versus songs. Now, what I mean by that is I've taken five Christmas carols and five Christmas songs, but not just any five. I've tried to find the best, the best loved, the most popular, and I've amalgamated several different surveys. So, for example, there was a Songs of Praise survey a few years ago on Britain's favourite carol. There was Classical Music Magazine. They gathered a team of experts to decide on the world's greatest carol. Classic FM did a rather more cultured and, well, classical uh, countdown of their favourite carols. So we're going to have a top five countdown of the best and most popular carols and a top five countdown of the best and most popular Christmas pop songs. Make sense? Great. So don't expect any guests. It's just me talking about carols and songs and the stories behind them. So number five in our countdown of carols is... Hmm. A Christmas carol originally written in 1848 as a poem. It was by Cecil Francis Alexander. The book it was in was called Hymns for Little Children. So yeah, it was a poem, but I think she kind of knew it had a hymn on its way. It's Once in Royal David's City. And that actually was the same book that also featured songs like All Things Bright and Beautiful and There is a Green Hill Far Away. The idea was this was to educate children and to answer their questions. So when children ask about the story of Jesus' birth... Once in Royal David City is the poem for them. When they want to know about God and creating the universe, all things bright and beautiful. When they want to know about Easter, there is a green hill far away. What a popular collection of poems that was. And it was very, very popular indeed. In fact, it went on to sell many, many copies and she directed all of her profits from that to a home for deaf and dumb children. So that's a marvellous thing to do. Well done, Cecil Francis Alexander. What's our number five secular song then? What could that be, I wonder? Well, this is a political pop song from 1984. Political because, yes, it was to motivate people to become involved in a charitable mission. Inspired by Michael Burke's news report on the famine in Ethiopia, it's Do They Know It's Christmas? Yes, Band-Aid. Bob Geldof saw the footage of Michael Burke's news report. He roped in mid-year and they bumped into Gary Kemp outside of an antiques shop in North London and they asked if he would join. Before you know it, you got a supergroup. Previous Christmas hit makers like Paul McCartney and David Bowie couldn't make it, unfortunately, but they sent messages of support and that made the B-side. Status quo were meant to add their voices. They turned up hungover and they couldn't reach the high notes, so they're not actually on the final finished version of the song. Other stars like Marilyn and even Nigel Planer from The Young Ones weren't invited, but they turned up to the recording anyway. Which brings us to our number four carol. Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Written by Charles Wesley, except it had a different title and a different tune. So technically it was a different carol. 
Hark How All the Welkin Rings was the original one, inspired by church bells on Christmas Day. And the tune originally was the one we would now sing to Christ Our Lord is Risen Today. So, Hark How All the Welkin Rings. That one, rather different. The tune that we now know and love was actually written by Felix Mendelssohn. That's Queen Victoria's favourite composer. And he composed it nearly 100 years later, and actually for the 400th anniversary of the printing press, which, of course is a rather different thing. In fact, Mendelssohn specifically said that that tune should never, ever be used for religious purposes. And then he died, and so that tune, written for the printing press, was actually then applied to Charles Wesley's Christmas song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. The number four Christmas pop song that I could find on the list, having amalgamated all of these surveys, is from 1973. But is it Wizard or is it Slade? It's Slade. Slade versus Wizard was Britain's glam war Christmas. Noddy Holder wrote the song to cheer along working class Brits amid economic gloom. It created Britain's first Christmas themed Christmas number one. In fact, most of the Christmas number ones in the 60s were in fact by the Beatles and weren't Christmassy at all. Merry Christmas, everybody. Which brings us to number three in our carol countdown. And the third most popular Christmas carol of all time, according to all of these surveys, is Silent Night. Well, actually, of course, some people say this is the most popular carol in the world. It's one of the only carols to be a UNESCO Carol of World Heritage or something like that. Written in 1818, sleepy village town of Obendorf in Austria near Salzburg. It's all really about a legend of some church mice being hungry and eating through the organ. The priest ran through the village and thought, oh no, how are we going to have any music on Christmas Eve? He found the organist, the choir master, and he said, quickly, let's write a song. He'd already written a poem, they applied some music to it, and that became Stille Nacht, Silent Night. The legend is that the organ repairman came after Christmas, repaired the organ, heard about this Silent Night song, and then took it with him wherever he travelled. Don't know if I believe that or not, but it's a nice story. Silent Night also works incredibly well to the tune of Postman Pat. Our number three secular popular pop song is Last Christmas by Wham. This had its origins in 1984. George Michael and Andrew Ridgely were visiting George Michael's parents and apparently it was written by George in his childhood bedroom. Oh. It was actually the subject of a plagiarism case. Barry Manilow thought it sounded a little too much like his song Can't Smile Without You. Can't smile without you. Last Christmas I gave you my heart. Yes, it was proven in court to not be similar enough when musical experts brought out 60 other songs that sounded rather like it over the previous few decades. Which brings us to our number two in our carol countdown. What is the second most popular carol of all time, according to these surveys? <laughs> oh, Holy Night, also known as Cantique de Noël. It was a, a French song originally. The first line, Minuit Chrétien, c'est l'heure solennelle, which means midnight Christians is the solemn hour. It's one of the most popular carols in the world. Indeed, it's number two on our list. What could be number one then? But it's rarely sung in church, largely due to the fact that the notes are so far apart. It goes from the rather low to the rather high. So we leave it to the experts like Mariah Carey, who did her version in 1994. Martina McBride did a version in the country singles charts in 97. Celine Dion in 98. Josh Groban brought one of the rare male voices to it in 2002. And personally, I love it. So what could be the carol number one? I'll tell you after the secular pop song number two. What could be the second most popular Christmas pop song of all time? It's The Pogues. It was a booze-raddled breakup rant, the product of a wager, it seems, with Elvis Costello, who was working with the band, and he bet them they couldn't write a Christmas song. 
They say that the lovely Plinky Plonky piano is inspired by one of my favourite soundtracks, Ennio Morricone's Once Upon a Time in America. Although, of course, it does have some problematic lyrics, A Fairy Tale of New York is still one of our favourites. In my Christmas shows, I do a song called A Fairy Tale of Bethlehem, which sort of rewrites those lyrics, makes it a bit more nativity-friendly. Herod saying, I could have been someone, but so could anyone. It's one of my personal favourites. Which brings us to the top carol in our Christmas countdown. Amalgamated from Songs of Praise charts, classical music magazine charts and classic FM charts, the favourite carol in the world, apparently of all time ever, is... In the Bleak Midwinter. Now that version I hummed there was by Gustav Holst in 1906. Of course there is a different tune by Harold Dark just three years later in 1909. But the words are by poet Christina Rossetti and they are beautiful. In the Bleak Midwinter, whichever version you like to hum is the world's favourite. According to all of these polls you amalgamate together, if I had a few more polls in, you might get a different answer. But what's the world's favourite Christmas pop song? White Christmas. Bing Crosby. So popular, in fact, that it's the world's best-selling single of all time, never to be surpassed. And I think it's largely about timing. It was Christmas 1941, just days after Pearl Harbor. America dragged into the war... And I think families realised that this would be likely their last Christmas together. In fact, in Hong Kong that Christmas, it was known as Black Christmas due to the threat of invasion from Japan. Bing Crosby played this on Christmas Day and it became a huge hit. In fact, even in the fall of Saigon, this song, White Christmas, was played as the alarm to get out. The link between White Christmas and war has always been there. Get Paul's book on the history of Christmas. Hark the biography of Christmas. Available now from all good book places. Link in the show notes. Bless you. Have a merry one. Do rate and review us. And I've got more podcasting on a British broadcasting century. Do find me there. And I'll be back in the new year with more guests. Merry listening. <laughs>